Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we discover the true placement of Breath of the Wild in the Zelda timeline. Between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, it's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including Breath of the Wild's place in the Zelda timeline, and a surprise announcement of a Smash Brothers Direct. Uh, then on Thursday, we're going to be talking about our reactions to the Direct on Wednesday, which brings us right into the news. All right, Wednesday, August 8th at 7 a.m. Pacific time, Nintendo will be streaming a Super Smash Brothers Direct, or excuse me, a Super mm. Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct, hosted by the game's director, Masahiro Sakurai. There is no word on how long the presentation will last or what kind of things we can look forward to outside of new game information. Which is good because we already have old game information. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, now where where were we in the structure of the show? Well, I mean, I have I oh, you, you uh, haven't welcomed me at all. Well, I apologize, <laughs> Mark. In the meantime, how's it going? It's going pretty good. <laughs> Great, super excited to be here. <laughs> I don't think you've ever said that that <laughs> you're super excited to be here. It's nice. It's nice to hear. It makes me feel good. I'm excited that you're here. I'm also excited about getting all of these new Switch friend requests. Yes, I love it. Keep them coming, guys. I like it a lot. I and like even- seeing what people are up to. I like seeing that little dot appear next to the icon of friends. Uh-huh. I love it. Yeah, it all feels very good. Uh, another thing I love is, even though we haven't been soliciting it as hard, we're still getting some a- some reviews in the Apple Podcast. Oh, are we? Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you so much mm-hmm. to everybody who's been doing that. Yeah, thank you. We greatly appreciate it. Even though we haven't been pushing for it, that doesn't mean that we appreciate it any less. It just means we're trying to be less obnoxious about it. Speaking of being obnoxious about it, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Card Society. And the Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mark, last week, we talked about the top eight RPGs on Nintendo platforms. Came up with a definitive list. Mm-hmm. Felt really good about it leaving. Yeah, I, I still feel really good about it. Do you still feel really good about it? I, I do. Uh, I feel like we could have like given Earthbound the boot. For wow, I mean, wow, we wow, we wow, also wow. just wow, inclu- wow, wow, I feel wow, like wow. we also just included it out of obligation. But it's fine. It's definitive. Right. We live with it. I feel good. Look, there are some obligations that are good. Call your mother, right? That's a good one. That's a good obligation. That's a good obligation. Um, we got an email uh, from Sean who um, uh, said that he enjoyed the podcast uh, and says, as an aside, I just listened to your RPG episode and thought I'd chime in on what I think counts as an RPG because this was a topic of conversation. We weren't. We kind of went back and forth, and sometimes I said, Pokemon's not an RPG, and Mark just about slapped me. Uh, he would say, <clears throat> or he says, I would say RPGs started out as games that would try and mimic tabletop RPGs like Dungeons & Dragons, and I'm guessing that's where the term comes from. So I would say, to count as an RPG, you need 
Number one, an overarching story slash quest with side quests along the way. Number two, an emphasis on stats and experience points. Number three, a certain amount of randomization in combat, such as a chance to miss or, or to crit. Uh, and number four, a party of distinct characters with different specialties. So I would say that Pokemon definitely counts, but something like Breath of the Wild definitely wouldn't. I would describe the Legend of Zelda series as adventure games, and Breath of the Wild would be an open-world adventure game. Uh, I think a lot of games borrow RPG elements, especially in terms of experience and leveling up, but I definitely don't think you could say a Metroidvania game like Symphony of the Night is an RPG. Uh, anyway, that's just his two cents. Uh, the episode got him uh, excited to play Octopath. And this dude also shot me his friend, uh, or friended me, uh, and I can tell you, he's been playing Octopath. So, Sean, you're welcome. Yeah, and uh, that was very thoughtful, Sean, but unfortunately, unfortunately. not definitive. Uh, because uh, Zelda made it onto our, our ultimate list, and I do, it, I do think it's weird because I don't think I would put A Link to the Past I don't think I would. Call, I agree. I don't think I would call that an RPG. Breath of the Wild, I do. I know. Or at least I agreed to it. I consented to it at one point. <laughs> uh, we also got hit up on Twitter by at SuperGameJoy, and they just wanted to let us know that there was an obvious submission to our list: Harvest Moon '64, which is a fine point, but brings up an even better point. Mark, why didn't you rep uh, 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 Friends of Mineral Town? No. Oh, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Why didn't? Oh man, I don't know. I, it's just like the fabric of my life. So sure, you don't it's even like think oxygen. Of... I don't put oxygen up there. It's like the eight best things ever. Right. You don't even think of it as a game anymore. It's just right. like a, a series of muscle movements. <laughs> exactly. And eye twitches. Um, we also got an email from um, Dustin. Thank you, Dustin, uh, saying, "I gotta say, I look forward to your rankings episodes from the day they are announced." Another great one today with top eight RPGs. If there is a petition out there for more rankings episodes, you can add my name to the list. Dustin, there's no need for a list or a petition. We like doing ranking episodes. Uh, so let's announce a new one. Yeah, we got another one coming mm -hmm. to you on September 13th, which means you got to get your, uh, your contributions, your contributions to right. whatever we're about to announce. Have to come in a little bit before I like September the tease. 13th. I love this tease. It's very good. <laughs> we are going to be determining who is the best NPC and oh no <laughs> NPC. That sort of makes sense. NPC in a Zelda game. So do you like Prince Rudo? Do you like uh the Skull Kid? Who do you like in the Legend of Zelda? Now note, come come at us with your list. Yeah. But only one. Only one will stand. And I think we should get a guest for this one. I think we should bring someone in. I think so, too. And they can battle out the, the madness. And yeah, we'll it's each, only fair. It's only fair. And we should bring in a couple different. And look, I'm not going to say that, like, Sheik should automatically be disqualified. But, like, maybe Sheik should automatically be disqualified. Impa, too, maybe. I don't know. These are conversations that we're going to have to have. And we will uh, wage righteous battle on the podcast field. And hopefully, you will be participating in this. So you can write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com and let us know who you think are the best NPCs in all of Zelda. Now, Mark, just to be clear, the only playable character ever in a Zelda game is Link, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a lot of other characters up for grabs. Anyone. Anyone, anyone else? Yeah, is up any for grabs. of them. Any, anyone. 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 
while you're doing that and you want to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, you are welcome to try. Send us an email with your address and I will send you my copy of Sonic Forces on Switch. And you can play it for as long as you want and then send it back to me. It costs you nothing. It costs me a little bit, but I'm okay with it. Um, so email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so I have been playing more uh, Octopath Traveler. Um, it is a game that I continue to chip away at, and it has fallen now into that uh, the kind of space where I was expecting it to, where I'll go back to it, I'll play like a little bit of a chapter of someone, I'll level up, I'll grind for a little while, um, and then I'll just let it kind of fade back into the background while I play something else for yeah, a while. Yeah, that sounds nice. How uh, Have you been playing? I, I didn't play it at all this week. I uh, didn't have a ton of time for gaming, and so when I did, I was focused on WarioWare Gold. Yep. And then we were also uh, provided codes for Pool Panic. Yes, by our friends at Adult Swim uh, Games Gaming. Adult Swim Games, Game, probably. Probably Games, probably. Let's start with Pool Panic. Um, so how, how did you find Pool Panic? Uh, I didn't really like it. So Pool Panic is like a, like a physics-based uh puzzle game where you play as a a pool ball a pool cue uh and your job is to knock all these other balls into these weird little pockets and it's all you know they have um like different behaviors based on what they look like and sometimes you scare balls away and other balls are like are defiant and like you know put up a stink and like really want not to be moved and some balls are squirrels and they run away and um so uh, I will agree with your overall assessment that I don't love this game, um, but it is, I don't know, I, I think it's fun and interesting, and when I, like, go into a level, or, like, go into a puzzle, like, I have that, there's that, like, moment of discovery where you're like, ah, I get it, I know how to do this, um, but, like, some of the, I, I don't think I've done, I've been able to do any of the challenges, like, clearing all four Oh, like the, yeah, yeah. The little requirements. Yeah, so you go into a level and then you get, like, trophies or, like, rewards. Yeah, they, there's one for doing it in enough time, one for doing it in, like, a certain number of shots, another one for... Not scratching. Not scratching, and another one for getting all of... Sinking all the balls. Um, And I... The time one is so hard. I've never gotten a time. Maybe I, once. <laughs> I mean, I a time one is hard. I also think doing it in, like, the certain number of hits yeah, is that really difficult. Yeah, uh, I, I, I find the control scheme, like, really overly technical and complex. Sure. Like, it just feels like a lot to me. It, all, everything about the game feels like a lot. Like, it feels challenging in a way that uh, this past week I was just not prepared to process. <laughs> like, it, you know, when I had time mm -hmm. to game, it, it, would, it was difficult for me to, like, wrap my head around yeah. Pool Panic. Yeah. Well, and uh, I, I think I started playing Pool Panic on, like, thursday or wednesday or something um when i just like had some time and then on friday WarioWare gold came out um and i that that turned into my gaming you know um and part of the fact is that it it's on a different system so i just put the switch down um and maybe if when i was done you know playing WarioWare and i just like went back out to the menu and pool panic was in there maybe i would hop back into it like i i anticipate coming back to that game in, in some capacity, um, like maybe on a, a plane or a trip or something. 
I could see it being a, a good like thing to really, you know, sink your attention into. But again, we are provided code, so if you think that that uh, sours our opinions on the whole thing, that's fine. Tell you what, we were not provided codes for is WarioWare Gold. Mark, did you pick up WarioWare? I did with cold hard cash. Cold hard cash. We earn it. We spend it. Um, how we are... keep the American economy strong. That's right. And we're as strong as it is. Stock market does not equal the economy. Stock market is strong. Is the economy? No one knows. Um, how do you? Uh, how do you like WarioWare? I. Uh... Man, it's been a long time since I've played a WarioWare game. The last one was Smooth Moves. On the Wii! And, you know, I haven't picked that up for years. And so, it's really nice to have a WarioWare game back. Yeah, I love this game. Um, I like everything about it. Um, I, It's not uh, an accomplishment. I'm not humble bragging here. Uh, I beat the story mode, um, which doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, I think all of the cutscenes are funny. <laughs> I think they're relatively well written and kind of hilariously acted i do you disagree i i laughed a lot so this game is fully voice acted yes and i do not think that that for me was like a virtue Mm -hmm. i i did not i did not need it it was unnecessary it made me laugh but sarah said the same thing that she was like these things are too long i get bored during them yeah um which you know i don't know they made me laugh so i don't know uh and the uh, I'm still discovering new games, like new micro games that I, I hadn't played before. Oh yeah, so the story mode is just like a very, very tiny portion yeah. of like the mini games that or the micro games that you will encounter, because the story mode, like Patrick said, is fairly easy to get through. You basically just do like the first part mm-hmm. of each like encounter yeah. up to like the first boss, and then you're done. And it's not until you return for, like, one of the challenges or something like that that you realize, oh, this goes on infinitely, and there are so many, like, microgames that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Well, and, uh, like, just playing the second-level versions of all those same microgames or the third-level versions, um, like, mixes up the game entirely. Instead of, like, one thing being different, it's like, oh, you have to do it twice or five times or whatever. Um, Have you uh, messed around with any of the... Uh, I, I maybe they're called like challenges or the 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 thing where um like it's it's basically just all the micro games but in like a slightly different context. Yeah, I can't remember. So there's like two different things parts that like open up. Yeah. There's one where it's like maybe it's called achievements. I can't really remember, but basically it's like um it gives you a mission. I think it's called missions actually. Yeah, maybe it gives you a mission to be like oh in the tutorial make like complete 35 get to level 35 or something and then you get coins for doing that and coins you can use to like play a little arcade game or within the story mode you can use them to continue from the point that you like failed instead of having to start over um and then there also are also these like challenges that basically uh remix the games or like group them in different ways Right. Well, and like it, it presents a, a sort of like macro challenge outside of the mini games. So like there's one version, which I think is called a uh, creep, creepy, creepy game, something like that, where you are nine volt in the bed uh, and you have to uh, not your, you, your mom can't catch you playing games because you're supposed to be in bed. So at any time you can hold both L and R and uh, nine volt pretends to be asleep and pauses the game. And you have to do that whenever his mom is around and his mom is 
terrifying. She's like some weird poltergeist who can pop out of the TV <laughs> or is like walking by the window outside and peering in. Um, and so you just have to play all these games uh, with an eye on the top screen all the time to like pause it for a second and then like go back into it. Have you messed around with any of those? Uh, not that one. Which which have you been? Uh, oh, man, I can't remember what it's yeah, called. It's, okay. it's just like the first. There's like a uh, the first one. And it's maybe a lion. Basically, it's just That's like, like the mixes hard all mode. the yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, or the yeah. So there's like there's a hard one. There, oh yeah, where it only lets you like fail once and then you're done. Um, there's a a fast one which is like an eagle. Um, and you just have to. It's just on like the fastest possible mode for all of them. Um, there's a split sc- split screen one where you're playing as the two ninja girls. Um, and there's one game on the top screen and one game on the bottom screen and the. The, the next game starts the second the other one ends so it's like super fast and you got to keep like going back and forth between the two screens i really like this game yeah one of the complaints about it that i've seen elsewhere is that it's just a repeat a lot of the games are repeats from previous entries but it's been so long for me since i have played a warioware game yeah that even the ones I remember, I m- remember fondly. It doesn't feel like it's played out. Well, and also, like, all of these, I don't know, all these games last for, like, four seconds. Yeah. Like, at, at what point are you like, I've done this one before? Is, is this a, is it a new thing to WarioWare Gold where they have, like, e- in each of the different, like, story mode sections, there are games that are just like purely devoted to Nintendo games? No, so th- those have always been a a feature of the the WarioWare series with the the nine volt and eighteen volt uh, and four volt characters. Five volt? What is his mom's name? Was something like that. Um, but they always have those uh, where you know it's like your link and it's like enter the cave um, and you just got to do it. Or yeah, like I don't remember that sword. at all from uh, Smooth Moves. Yeah. Um, I th- there are there are some of them in in smooth moves. Man, I love seeing some of the like really uh, old school and like obscure Nintendo stuff that they pull out for it. There's a uh, a Mario Clash on the Virtual Boy uh, game in there. Um, there's you know you Rob the robot like picking up the spinning little gyroscopes and, and there's just so there's so many like cool obscure things that it, it makes you like interact with. Yeah, I'm really enjoying WarioWare Gold. This game feels, or WarioWare in general, feels like it would be a perfect fit for mobile. Yeah, totally, totally. It's a little bit strange that uh, this game isn't a mobile game. And I guess you would have to get rid of the, um, like, sort of button uh, versions of That's of true, games. and I guess you'd have to get rid of, like, the blow mini games, which are aptly titled. Oh, you think they blow? I... <laughs> you don't think they're any good? There's, uh, the, uh, there's a, another, like... Um, mode for like playing games called like Wario Interruption where you're playing mini games and Wario does things to mess with you so like he'll throw paint on the screen you have to like while you're playing games in in other modes you have to like scrub the screen so like you're tilting and scrubbing or like playing with the buttons and scrubbing in the middle um and sometimes he'll like leave a gas cloud and you have to blow it away and i think that's cool to like blow it away while you're playing another game that that's fun but yeah when it's just like Blow into the thing. <laughs> yeah, like here's a dandelion. Yeah, I mean they're easy. They're gimmies. Yeah, so, they like, are. They're they nice are in that way. They are gimmies. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I really like this game. I. Uh. I don't know that I. I just really like it. It's, yeah. It's, it's everything I wanted. Um. And I'm not mad about it being on 3ds. I'm just. 
I don't know. It's I, I'm I'm just having such a good time with it. I totally agree. All right, uh, that's what we've been playing this last last week. Let's get into the new releases. New releases, my goodness, and what we might be playing next week. All right, today, August seventh, Overcooked Two. Oh my God, is here. Overcooked Two. We also have Minecraft Story Mode Season Two, Dead Cells, and Flipping Death. You know, I think a while back we said that oh, everything that was shown in that original like Nindy showcase has been released. We were wrong. We were wrong because I totally forgot about that. Flipping Death had not been released. Yeah, and we've talked about Flipping Death uh, a couple times because it's um it's written by Ryan North, the guy from Dinosaur Comics, and uh more recently Squirrel Girl, um. And those are both things that I like, and so I'm interested to see uh, what his game writing is like. And then on August 9th, Okami HD comes out on the Switch. You an Okami guy? Uh, I've never beaten it. So I, it's only 20 bucks. so maybe, maybe this is the platform that I try again. Um, I tell you what, I'm much more interested in the indie releases that are coming out today, Tuesday. Um, Overcooked, Dead Cells, and Flipping Death are all uh, more interesting to me than Okami. Is Okami originally a PlayStation 2 era game? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, that's an old game. These other three games, these are three new games. So you have three new games or one old game? Do you have Overcooked 2 pre-ordered? I do not. I do not. I don't, what's the point in pre-ordering uh, an indie digital release? Digital release. Uh, you can start playing it immediately when it unlocks, I okay, guess. But that's the thing, is that it's you know it's not a big download, right? Right. I'm not I'm not like uh pre-buying Detroit become human because I know it's gonna be a big download, you know? It's overcooked what's it gonna take? Five minutes? Ten minutes? Fifteen I minutes? I, uh I don't know. I I, I, I'll, I don't I'll know. report back on Wednesday. I'm okay, sorry yeah. for grilling you about <laughs> it, Mark. And then uh yeah, I mean that's pretty much the new releases for the week. All right, great. Uh, let's get out of this segment then. And now it's time for a regular feature on the show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, Mark, we are talking about the Disney Afternoon cartoons and what our favorites are, which ones we don't remember, like Bonker. Bonker? Bonkers. Bonkers. Uh-huh. Was he a cat? I, I don't know that he was like anything specific. Cause, oh. So Bonkers came out, I think he was trying to ride the wave of uh, Roger Rabbit a little bit. Interesting. Because it takes place in Toontown. Oh, really? Right. But they don't have the, they didn't have the rights to like use the Roger Rabbit character because those rights are tied up between like both Disney and, and Amblin Entertainment. Right, so right, right. Spielberg. And so, yeah, Bonkers was like a somebody, a character they came up with to like, oh, we'll just have them like live in Toontown. Who are those rights still tied up in like Amblin? Right, I believe so. That's I think that's why we've never seen like a Roger Rabbit sequel. You've, well, I mean, also to like to populate Toontown rightly, you need to have both Disney and Warner Brothers characters in it. And while they were able to pull that off for one movie, right? They had to 
the, Mickey and Bugs share a scene, and they are in an identical number of frames in that movie. Yeah, the only reason that movie could like happen yeah. was because Steven Spielberg could be like the go between, you know, like the arbiter basically right. between uh, like the two I studios. Am Steven Spielberg, the <laughs> arbiter. Um. Uh. So yeah, Bonkers way low on the list. Here's a controversial one for you. I don't really like Darkwing Duck that much. Uh, Darkwing Duck does not age well. I loved it as a kid um, because I loved Batman the Animated Series, and I saw this as like a goofy version of that. And I was too young to know that there already was a goofy version of Batman called Batman in 1966, right? Um, so, yeah, that's my fault. I should have known that Darkwing <laughs> Duck is no good. I did. Here's another thing I liked about Darkwing Duck. I like that it took place in the Duck universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I was still very new to the idea of like crossovers or you know a sort of a multi uh, multi series franchise. Um, because Launchpad, uh, who is uh, you know Scrooge's pilot, is also Darkwing Duck's like sidekick or something. Also his pilot, right? No, I guess he flies his own planes. Yeah, Launchpad is just like around i'm not really sure i don't really remember. i don't really remember uh here's something that messed me up though tailspin i did not like that blue the bear goes from scratching his butt on a tree in the jungle book to flying a plane i couldn't deal with <laughs> that this was too much for it you. was too much it was too much for me i was like he's a i've no i've seen him eat prickly pears with his claws he does not fly a plane and have like a kid Sher khan is like uh evil businessman is pretty good though that is pretty good. I like uh, Ka with like robotic arms. <laughs> what were they doing on that show? <laughs> like whose who's fever dream is Tailspin? Uh, okay, so Gummy Bears. Did you watch a lot of Gummy Bears? So Gummy Bears is Gummy Bears is an older show, right? I, yeah, I think it was. I remember it being on like uh, the Disney Channel um, many years before uh, like Rescue Rangers and DuckTales. Oh, and stuff. interesting. So I, I was exposed to it. It through the Disney afternoon, but hmm. I don't know like when that happened because we didn't get the Disney Channel until like it went. It wasn't a premium channel anymore. Yeah, sure. I think it's even possible that I saw, and this may be totally apocryphal. Who knows? But I remember seeing Gummy Bears on Nickelodeon. Can that be right? No, that can't be right. Are you sure? I'm positive. Even in the Wild West, I, when like Viacom was just like, I don't know, we'll put this on this, and like uh, Ren and Stimpy is on both uh, uh, Nickelodeon and MTV. I'd be willing to bet you a significant amount of money that that never happened. Okay, million dollar bet. Yeah, million dollar, uh, million bet. dollar bet. But a young Mark. I remember like one of the first dreams I can remember having and waking up and being like, "Oh, this that was like such an amazing, like wonderful dream." I is just that I would live in that dream. exactly was that I was in the gummy bear universe. Wow, I loved that show. When and I was you really would little. you would take the gummy berry juice and like bounce around. Yeah, why why would you not? Um, did you like those ogre characters that they fought? I mean, I liked them in the sense that I liked the show, but I don't. Well, I guess. Well, I guess we'll, we'll never, never know, know for how, sure how you actually felt. <laughs> About that. Maybe that was about to take a turn. Uh, all right. We were accompanied today by the Brussels Chamber Choir. So thank you, Brussels Chamber Choir. Mark, let's get into what's left of the news. Well, we'll start off with some good news for timeline nerds. Uh, Breath of the Wild has been added to the official Zelda timeline on Nintendo Japan's website. Thank you. Uh, It's placed at the very end of all Zelda games, but it's not directly connected to any of the three, like, prescribed Zelda timelines. Okay, okay. So, 
I know it's the end of all things. I understand that. Uh, what, what, in what sense has it been added to the timeline then? <laughs> we know that it, the no game happens after it. Sure. Full stop. That's it. The thing is, doesn't it have to be part of... Well, I guess... Okay, so the timeline diverges from Ocarina, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I think like, that's right. That's So that there are games like earlier in, in, in the Ocarina timeline that get up to Ocarina, and that's when it splits into... Um, right, you either like fail. Well, you fail is one, and then like Link, uh, young Link, and young then Link, adult and adult Link. Link uh-huh. Right, um, and so like young young Link leads us into um, you know Majora's Mask. You fail leads into like the original Legend of Zelda, um, and so on. And then the uh, uh, adult Link, right? That's where that's what becomes the Wind Waker timeline. Is yeah, that, right? that makes sense. To me. Oh, wait, wait, wouldn't... I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't don't matter. Know. It doesn't matter. Yet. No one knows. <laughs> um, but, okay, I guess I, I, was, I was working myself up because I, there are explicit references in Breath of the Wild to um, the Zora and, and Prince Rudo, Princess Rudo. Yes, but, like, as sensitive is... I understand. <laughs> <laughs> they could all converge at the end times or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's fine, right? To say that, yeah, like, after I agree. A- after enough time has passed, because also there's a hundred years between, um, like the events of earlier in in the story of Breath of the, Breath of the Wild and what you're actually playing. So, like, and they make references to stuff that happened ten thousand years ago. So, like. By then, who even remembers what any of that is? The timelines all converge, and it's all fine. I'm, I'm, I'm content with this answer, but it feels like a non-answer. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's par for the course, right? Because nobody at Nintendo cares about the Zelda timeline. Every day, Aonuma wakes up and regrets the fact that they did it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's funny that they put out a timeline, and I bet they think it's funny, too. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that... They also moved Link's Awakening to before the Oracle games in the Fallen Hero timeline. Okay. So the way it goes is the in like the timeline where Link loses, right? Um, from Ocarina. Then it goes Link to the Past, right? And now it goes Link's Awakening, and then the Oracle games, and then the original Zelda, and then Zelda Two, something like that. Previously, mm. it went Link to the Past. Uh, Oracle, z- and then um, Link's Awakening. Right. But by moving it, apparently that just proves one fan theory that the Link to the Past l- Link uh-huh. died at sea. Well, that well, I mean, aren't there games after uh, Link's Awakening anyway? Right. Okay. But like a different link. I don't know. Sure, they're all different links. Who can links. explain? Who, who can explain and who, who really cares? Uh, okay, so <laughs> almost a year since it was revealed, we finally have some details on Persona Q2. I forgot that game existed. So it's the new Persona spinoff game coming to Nintendo 3DS. Uh, we found out it's coming out on November 29th in Japan this year. Cool. So the game is called uh, Persona Q2 New Cinema Labyrinth, and it'll include <laughs> characters from Persona 3, 4, and 5. Okay. And uh, so the first game was, a I didn't play, but it was like a dungeon crawler in like the entry in Odyssey. Yeah, it was like um, a first-person dungeon mm-hmm. crawler like RPG kind of thing. Yes, and so I'm assuming that this game will be something similar. 
Uh, yeah, and where like you have to, or at least in the first one, I know you had to like draw your own map, right? Or, like, which I think trying. is also similar to Etrian yeah. Odyssey. Um, well, but I'm not familiar with the Etrian uh, Odyssey games. Well, it's a lot like Persona Q. Oh, okay, now I understand. <laughs> um, do, are you interested in this game at all? Do you care about this? I I, I don't know. I would. So my only real exposure to a lot of Persona was Persona Five. Yeah, and I, I didn't like love. Right. That experience. You and I played it for like an hour. <laughs> no, no, no. It was longer than that. It was okay. a good afternoon. So we, no, that's true, I, we that's at least true. put like four or five hours into it. Right. And we're just kind of like, huh, huh. This game's got this is a little too proud of its style, uh, I but, feel like. But I would, uh, especially Persona 4 is so well regarded that I would like to play that. I feel like 5 is well regarded too. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Maybe it's just not a series for me. Maybe it's not a series for us. Uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters beta is kicking off this Thursday, August 9th at 9 p.m. Pacific time. The beta can be downloaded from the eShop right now, in case you want to preload it. Uh, so it'll, it'll include battle practice tutorial, ring party match, which is where all six players can fight each other, mm. um, ring match, where you create rings in the lobby and invite like specific people, replay channel, where you can just watch old fights, Arena match, where players in a lobby engage in 1v1 fights. And then new extreme type match, where you're able to perform super moves with simpler inputs. Uh, Great. There's also going to be like a ton of characters to choose from, which I refuse to list because it would just be me like reading off a ridiculous list of nonsense words. Half of them start with go. <laughs> uh, so you had mentioned previously that uh, you are interested in this game, but only enough to play the beta or Well, demo I mean, I guess it's it. possible that I will get the beta uh -huh. and be won over by its charms and want to buy the whole thing. But I'm anticipating that I will enjoy playing the beta and then be like, I have had my fill of this. I don't need to buy the full game. But I am excited to try out the beta I like Dragon Ball, and I like how beautiful this game looks. The game looks like the cartoon, so it doesn't yeah. get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. That's what that's that's photorealistic, right there is what it is. <laughs> it's like you're looking at the real thing. It's like the real thing. Uh, how about you? Um, I'm sort of interested in it. I've never gotten into a Dragon Ball fighter before, and there have been so many of them. But this one looks, uh, you know, more like a. Uh, you know, honest to goodness, like one-on-one -on -one Street Fighter-esque fighter. But then again, uh, G and uh, Saget came out on Street Fighter Five today. So like, I should just go back to Street Fighter Five. I like Street Fighter Five. And as we've already established, you have two PS4 fight sticks. That's right. So why am I buying fighting games on the Switch? But will you download the demo? Uh, yeah, I'll download the demo. Speaking of um, fighting games... Uh, Evo was this weekend. I was not there. I am falling behind on my <laughs> on my uh, goals for the year. Um, so just if those of you tracking our million dollar bets, it should be noted that even though I have been trying to get into fighting games, I did not go to Evo. Uh, this is a failing on my part. Mark is probably ahead by one or two goals here. Well, I mean, not bet. to pour salt into both of our gaping wounds, but I. <laughs> We haven't made much progress in Final Fantasy 1. No, we have not made much progress in Final Fantasy 1. So, just one. something to consider. I'm just you know, saying I don't remember you, you up telling night. me about fan translations of any games that you're checking out either. So, I, don't, I think we're both doing terrible jobs. <laughs> uh, after four years since it was released, a small Metroid Easter egg has been discovered in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Hey. 
Uh, Shane Marches made the discovery in the Amiss Abyss level. So I'm I'm assuming based on the description of what it takes to actually achieve this that it must have been known that there was a Metroid Easter egg that somebody hasn't that nobody had found. Oh, interesting. Because oh, yeah, so I, I watched the Game Explain video on uh on on this. You can find Game Explain on YouTube. Just look for Game Explain. Um, and yeah, you have to like. You have to go to an area in this Amiss Abyss and, like, swim uh, past a point uh, and then, like, return. And it's, like, through some electric uh, algae or whatever. Um, And then you can see in the background a Metroid sort of just, like, swimming up. And it is unmistakably a Metroid. There are, like, other little jellyfish things in the background, and this looks different. Um, And it's sort of, it's, uh, I guess, corroborated by... Um, Samus's ship is uh crashed in uh, the background of a different level. Um, so like you know, it's retro, right? Retro made the Metroid Prime games, they also made um the Donkey Kong Country uh Returns and Tropical Freeze. So you know, they're just having fun with uh, a property they used to work with, or crossover is inevitable, and we're gonna see the next, the next game in Metroid Prime 4 is going to be Samus versus Donkey Kong. <laughs> And then Star Fox shows up and is like, hey, check out my ne- another new game that's coming out that's also a crossover. And then they boo him out of the room. <laughs> and that, that's what? That's the Star Fox uh, cross yes. Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers? <laughs> yes. Because uh, Nintendo will do anything to get out of making an F-Zero-S game. <laughs> Uh, speaking of weird Easter eggs, the Japanese version of WarioWare Gold evidently reveals the pronunciation of the NES, or the Nintendo Entertainment System, as NES. Twitter user Kyle McLean, at Farmboy in Japan, noticed this while perusing pers- pers- mm-hmm. the in-game museum. Uh, so I tried to confirm this uh, on my copy of WarioWare Gold to see if the American version does the same thing. It turns out that I have not. That's not one of the like tro- trophies that I've unlocked in the toy box yet. Oh, gotcha. So it, I, I I realized I had all these coins and I hadn't spent any of them yet on the little like Easter egg thing. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, oh, I'm gonna dump some coins into this, and I kept getting all these things, and none of them were the NES. Well, what would the is NES? I guess the other possible pronunciation. Uh, th- I mean, that's what I always say. Um. Yeah, it's what I like. I don't call it NES. But it also doesn't, like, repulse me. It repulses me a little bit. I don't like SNES. Yeah, I, feel, I think that's I feel like gross. That, that's just outright wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super NES, fine. No, see, I feel like that one's worse. Super NES is yeah, worse? Yeah, I think that's, re- like, super gross. SNES? That's my preferred pronunciation. Super NES. I'm fine with that as well. Super Nintendo. Great. Nintendo. Uh, uh, that makes me think that you're talking about the NES. Yeah, right. That's Mark, you are correct. Let's move on to the next story. <laughs> Uh, do you remember that roller coaster tycoon game for Switch that was attempting to be like crowd invested? Yes, it wasn't like it a, wasn't kickstarted, right? It was yeah. like, oh, you will pot- potentially get like a small percentage of the proceeds. That yeah, no, I mean, I remember because that's where I sunk my life savings. <laughs> right. Please update me on it. Uh, well, apparently got funded. Yep. Yep. So, because uh, roller coaster tycoon adventure is coming to Switch sometime in Q4 2018. Look, as somebody who loves Chris Sawyer's Roller Coaster Tycoon 1 and 2, um, I would love to just get like the classic games on Switch, uh-huh. but it sounds like this is going to be uh, 
just like the mobile game with Joy-Con support. And I have not played the mobile game, but it's not super well regarded. Uh, so you're not excited about this. If it's free to play, I'll like pick it up for right, sure. Right. If it doesn't cost you anything. You're right, but I'm not going to sink like 60 bucks into this. See, that would be a When lot. I have the classic games on my iPad and can just sink hours into that. Makes sense to me. Uh, Octopath Traveler has already shipped 1 million copies worldwide, according to Nintendo and Square Enix. This includes shipments to retailers and eShop purchases. Um, did you see Square Enix put out that like fun little graphic of like the Octopath and like the million flag that they're carrying? Yeah. And you see that it casts a shadow that is uh, the sort of like Bravely um, oh. character. Um, and that the Bravely second Twitter account has changed its name to Bravely 00000. Uh, Leading some to speculate that a new Bravely game is in the works. That'd be awesome. It, you... It'd also be cool if Square Enix were just like huge liars and that there was yes. a uh, Bravely default downloadable character oh, that becomes that, like Octopath coming... or uh, Ninopath Traveler. Nonopath? <laughs> um, maybe, maybe it's just a, a Bravely default Easter egg and uh, it'll be. You know, Cyrus versus Donkey Kong later. Uh, we also learned from Nintendo's earnings report that both Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and Super Mario Tennis Aces has sold. They've both sold over a million copies, which is crazy. Uh, that Mario Tennis hasn't been on the market that long has already sold uh, a million copies. Yeah, and that Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze Switch has yeah. sold like 1.4 million or something like that, and that's on top of the I think million it shipped on Wii U as well. People love Switch games. They do. Uh, Super Bomberman R has also shipped 1 million units, according to Konami. So while that's been released on multiple platforms, we know from previous statements from Konami that the Switch is like the vast majority of sales there. People like buying games on Switch. <laughs> uh, finally, the NES Classic, or I guess the NES Classic, oh, come was... On. Nope, it's, uh, it's official. was the best-selling console in North America in July, according to NPD Group. That's crazy, right? So it shipped the most units or sold the most units. Um, PS4 was still the highest by revenue, but that makes sense. Right, because it's like five times as expensive. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think it's great. Uh, I'm hopeful that they continue to just like pump these babies out as we go into the holidays. They should be available on end caps at Walgreens. Uh, an NES classic in every pot. That's <laughs> and two in every garage. That's right. Okay, Mark, uh, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, come back on Thursday. We're going to be talking about that Smash Brothers Ultimate Direct, which is, I'm sure, uh, all Mark and I will be able to talk about with people in our lives who aren't the two of us, and everyone will tell us to be quiet about it. They don't want to hear about it anymore. But you will get to hear about it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. If you like this uh, episode, please share on Facebook or Twitter. Helps us out a bunch. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Collectively, we are at Nincard Society. Um, if you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we write about comic books on RetconPunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of 8 Betty's music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, I'm glad that we just agree that Nintendo 64 is the name of that system. You can't call it anything else. Maybe N64? I've dug myself into a hole. Thanks for listening.
campfire. <laughs>